Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom and this week's guest was the American comedian Liz Mealy. It's well worth checking out the many viral clips of Liz, including her routine feminist sex positions. That sounded like feminist sex positions rather than feminist sex positions, but you get the idea. And while you're on YouTube looking at stuff from Liz, why not check out her first comedy special which is available there. It's called Self Help Me. Liz chose tweets on scientific discovery and exploring our attitudes to adulting and ageing. We paid tribute to Charlie Watts and we also got a mention in for Michael Gove, the politician turned raver. And we had a quick chat about the court case going on around Nirvana's Nevermind album cover. We hope you enjoy the show. Please follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom. Good evening and welcome. It's Sunday night. It's eight o'clock UK time and you are watching Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. I'm your host, Julian Hall, but as you know, I don't have to trawl through Twitter alone. And tonight we've got fantastic guest from the US, Liz Mealy. But before I introduce Liz, let's get a little bit of admin out of the way, probably more for my benefit than anyone else's. Uh, obviously, we've been away for a couple of weeks, um, but it's great to be back. Uh, I won't lie. It was quite nice not to have to read Twitter every day, um, but I'm back in the saddle. It's all good. Um, if you're watching us live, you'll be doing that from uh, one of Facebook Live, Twitch or YouTube. Um, the stream of the show will be available on YouTube and Facebook Live after the show. Please do watch it on YouTube, though. Uh, it's a much better recording. And also you get the chance to subscribe to us, which would be fantastic. Um, when uh, talking about all things subscribey and followy, uh, please do um, follow us on our Twitter account at LKTZoom, which is splashed liberally across this screen. It's on my little sign off here where my name is. It's obviously on the uh, Twitter feed that is uh, share screen beside me. And then there's a little ticker going above the top of the screen, which has all our links. Uh, it's also got Liz's uh, Twitter handle at Liz Mealy. So um, without too much further ado, um, I will, I just want to introduce uh, Liz, but actually with one more further ado, I uh, just want to say that we had experienced previously some tech issues, some gremlins. I have done everything I possibly can to move heaven and earth to iron those out. Uh, if you spot anyone, uh, spot any, and you're a tech genius, please get in touch. But otherwise it should be plain sailing as it always is. Uh, so let's get stuck in. Um, and before we bring Liz to the screen, I just wanted to mention that, um, well, I've had the pleasure of working with Liz. She's an absolutely fantastic uh, comedian. She started doing stand-up at the age of 16 in New York City, uh, originally from New Jersey. Uh, profiled in the New, New Yorker machine, New Yorker machine, the New Yorker magazine, not long after she started stand-up. And at 22, she appeared on Comedy Central's Live at, Live at Gotham. Other credits include This Week at the Comedy Cellar, uh, Coming to the Stage and Gotham Comedy Live. Got very happy memories of some of those comedy clubs. Um, Liz has, uh, has several viral videos on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, including the fabulous routines, feminist sex positions, fuck Finland, and London cops are better than American cops, which might also be factually true. There may be a league table on that to check. 
Uh, Liz tours regularly uh, and, and including internationally, and she has three albums out on Spotify and iTunes. And then she released her first special, Self Help Me, in May of last year. That's free on YouTube, so go and check that out. Liz is also a published author uh, with Why Cats Are Assholes, which is available everywhere, um, and has written and produced an animated series called Damaged, and co-produced and starred in 40 episodes of a web series called Apartment C3 with fellow comedian Carmen Lynch and fashion photographer Chris Vongzawat. Uh, Carmen will be known to our viewers, of course, from our episode back in February. If you haven't seen it, um, please check it out. So without too much further ado, let's welcome to the screen, Liz Mealy. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Great to see you again. And I, as I was saying, I love, I love the space age. It looks like you've basically torn something off uh, C-3PO or R2-D2, I should say. To, yeah, no, to this is with. his baby. I just, <laughs> I stole his baby and now I talk into it. It's, um, it's been quite devastating for the tech community. The mystery is solved. Um, fantastic. So where, where are things at with you now? So there's been a lot of albums and, uh, you know, gigging's obviously back and, and touring can be underway. Where, where are you at with things career-wise? Um, you know, it's a little stop and go since things have kind of opened up in the U.S. Like, um, I, ha I have done a little bit of touring in April, a little more touring in July, and then I have some stuff in September and October, but it's also weird with the Delta variant and, you know, it, things are just kind of weird right now. So I'm doing a lot of spots in the city. I'm writing, but I, I feel a, a little bit in limbo in a lot of ways. So Liz, we've had our first freeze of the night. Um, could you start and stop your video again? I'm gonna, I don't know what, I'm not quite sure what to do about this. Um, yeah, am I still frozen? Uh, just at the moment, yeah. Words, phrases. Um, have a look let's just try so if you if you stop start stop video it might work out for us hopefully stop video start video yeah better? we're back you're back uh, i have to say this is somewhat of a mystery so sorry to interrupt your flow it's okay um i don't know when it it got frozen uh so we're basically saying that it's quite difficult obviously with things got a bit snagged up with the pandemic inevitably yeah, unfortunately, things are a little stop and go. So I am touring a bit, but a lot of stuff is starting to cancel again. Um, I'm doing spots in New York and and hopefully we'll be touring in like a couple of weeks. But it's um, I feel a little bit in limbo. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's, it must be frustrating to be in this in that sort of limbo situation sort of for a long, prolonged period of time, because I mean, it's you know, it's it's been a while, hasn't it, since we've we've been enduring this really uh, what's the sort of situation over there in in the states is it all all regulations pretty much by state um or are, you know is everyone pretty much doing the same thing or, or is it kind of over it's a goddamn mess it's i feel wow. very safe in new york in the sense that um we have a higher vaccination rate and um comedy clubs were already vax only before they put a mandate but the mandate for all indoor seating um, for anything, stand up, restaurants, whatever, started like a week ago. So now everywhere, if you wanna sit inside, you have to show your ID and your vaccination card. So I've felt pretty safe here, okay. um, but like I'm supposed to go to Texas where it's a free for all, they have low vax rates, there's no mandates, they're fighting it. So, you know, Texas and Florida is just, 
and they're going what New York was in March of 2020 is where Florida is. They actually say it's worse, um, which is crazy because we have solutions. Um, so it's, it's, it's weird. It's very state to state. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. I have to say, I mean, so what, what's, um, let's, I mean, it's, a, it's a weird sort of situation here. I mean, we are just all intents and purposes sort of back to normal really, but, um, Viewers are reporting your audio is fine, but we, we're still having, I don't want to interrupt the flow too much. We're still having issues. We'll, we'll come back one way or the other. Thanks for doing that so quickly. So what about social media, Liz? What about your life online? Um, what, what's your kind of, uh, what do you interact with most? What do you enjoy most? How do you feel about Twitter uh, and all the other sort of outlets? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an Instagram person. I like taking pictures of my cat, other people's cats, stray cats. Like I'm just, I'm like, if I could make money being a photographer, which is just a made up word for a cat photographer, I would. So I, I like Instagram because pictures are a thousand words and it's really like, you have to be a real monster to be shitty to me because of my cat pictures. And then I put my stand up up there and blah, blah, blah. But like Twitter, I like somebody tried to cancel me on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. No way. I, yeah, I, I had a I have a new joke about um, my skincare regimen. Like mm-hmm. I have like all these jokes about skincare because I got locked inside for a year and a half and I had to look at my face and I was like, there should be some improvements. So I have all these different um jokes about skincare and one quoted Stevie Nicks. And I guess my quote was wrong. And I got harassed by Stevie Nicks fans. Harassed. <laughs> and I probably blocked a hundred people. And this was just, but this is misquoting the line. I mean, it, did you, it was it misquoted in a way that sort of was just a very near misquote or, or kind of. It's just silly. So basically what you should know is the joke is about taking your makeup off at night. Right. And it's about me. But I, I say, I, I basically say I haven't taken my makeup off. I didn't take my makeup off at night for 15 years, which is like really bad for you. And the thing that got me to start doing it is a couple of years ago, I read an article that quoted Stevie Nicks. And she said, even when I did heroin, I still took my makeup off every single night. <laughs> and then I, and then I kind of like, I shortened what my real joke is, but then I go, and now I do both. But basically, apparently she's never done heroin. She's just in a shit, shit ton of drugs. So, you know what I mean? Like, okay, that's not the point of this. Um, but also, um, I was yelled at for making fun of drug use, which is like not what I'm doing. I'm basically saying I'm making fun of my, the whole point is to be exaggerating to show that I'm such a gross person that even somebody on drugs took care of their skin. And I didn't like, it's just people's perspective, but all these steep, all these hippy dippy people that are supposed to have like good souls were basically like stalking my entire Twitter and basically saying what an unfunny bitch I am and how I should fucking die. And my mom made a mistake for having me. And I'm like, Hey, you cannot like the joke. You could be upset that I got the quote wrong, but like, that's not how you handle it. But they were harassing me that I, it was for about two days. I mean, okay, so first of all, uh, I'm really glad that the full flow of that is, is, has actually happened in, in three dimensions we can actually see now. So that's brilliant because it's obviously quite an impassioned part. This is interesting. I didn't know this was happening. And, and a few things are sort of puzzling me here. Like Stevie Nicks fans, more or less, would be of a generation that probably that aren't necessarily 
going to react oh, well maybe i'm being naive but I, you know i wouldn't have thought they would have reacted like that on twitter i mean exactly like fucking smoke some pot and chill the fuck out like it's also to me they are defending a legendary millionaire and harassing a no-name comedian like what's your logic there like you're defending a woman that does not need your defending over a joke that keep in mind maybe a hundred people saw like it didn't do well like it's just the logic of it but i was like what what's your goal who are you protecting and also you're harassing like i always like joke when a, a joke bombs i always go hey guys let's remember i'm someone's daughter like this isn't nice like and that's kind of how i feel where i'm like what is your end goal? Like, you're basically saying you shouldn't joke about drugs or Stevie Nicks is, you know, a saint or whatever. But like, what do you, you don't know anything about me. You don't, you're just literally being a bully to somebody else for somebody that doesn't need your protection. It was just insanity. But like, then they got mad that I was blocking everybody. And I was like, I have every right to block you. You're harassing me. I didn't harass anybody. That's, that's pretty, I mean, it's, that is pretty grim times, I have to say. I mean, look, do you feel, and unfortunately it sort of does lead to the rather age-old, now age-old question of, uh, is there a generational thing here with, with people getting triggered by stuff? Uh, I mean, particularly on the sort of the drug side of what you've, because some of the people have obviously gone for you because of the, the, the lyric side of it, but some people have obviously gone, uh, you know, on the drug side. And do you find that it's, very easy to kind of set tripwires off now. I know comedians get asked this all the time, but. So it's about context. So it's easier to, let's say, get away with stuff or understand stuff or, or see the humor in it when you're literally in a building called a comedy club. So the context is, this is where comedy is. The point is for us to laugh. But when you put things online, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, wherever, you know, you go to YouTube, you can learn how to fix your oven how to tie a tie, how to make a bomb and fucking see stand up. So you don't know. So there's, there's no context. You would think it says comedian Liz Mealy, or you'd see I'm, I'm in a comedy club in the video or I'm holding a microphone. But the problem with Twitter is it goes, when my fans see it, they know my name and they know I'm a comedian. But once it leaves my fans, I'm no longer a comedian. People read it. Just like you can misinterpret a text. How many times have you gotten a text and you're like, are you fucking kidding? Like you're angry about it. And they're like, oh, I was just saying, I'll see you tomorrow. I didn't know. It wasn't like, see you tomorrow, slam of the door. It was see you tomorrow. It's only when they say, see you next Tuesday, that's the problem over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just do the, the full um, abbreviation. But you know, that's the, that's the problem is that it loses contact. Like I remember somebody got mad at something I tweeted that went, that did pretty well years ago. And I went, Oh, sorry. I was like that. I'm, I'm sorry. You're taking this seriously. I'm a comedian. She goes, do you think that's an excuse? I was like, it's not an excuse. It's context. You know what I mean? Context is everything. If I see my sister and I was like, ah, go fuck yourself. What are you doing? It's there's, there's love there. But if I see a guy and go fuck yourself, now that's that's a threat like so they're reading comedy as judgment or or mean-spirited when this is a joke about me being a gross person not about stevie nicks doing drugs you're missing the point because you don't want to see the point you don't want to be a part of that and that's where like so i just block people it's not my place to i don't need to be harassed it's not my place to judge and i don't answer anybody anymore i don't give context i don't just you you don't want to know so why bother 
So you um so you would pre previously you would have actually responded then but yeah that's quite a good policy not years to. ago I would have I because I was naive I would have been like oh I'm sorry that's not I feel like you're misinterpreting it but as soon as you try to justify people are like monster and you're like I'm not I didn't like molest somebody and I'm trying to be like they wore a short dress I'm saying it was a joke it was always a joke you there's no you know what I mean like there's there's no way of manipulating it but they're making it look like I'm somebody that's trying to justify a crime yeah I mean it's uh, it's tiresome I mean Twitter can get tiresome you know I've had just a couple of weeks off just generally uh, well I had a week away and uh, I took a few weeks of away from Twitter and it, to get back into it sometimes it is uh, it, it can be painful I mean there's, there's always something there's always something that kind of saves it it's this just sort of you know, it can be this stream of kind of shite and then all of a sudden something will come up and you're just thinking, I'm so glad that I stayed for that, just that one thing. Um, but I mean, obviously Instagram is a lot, a lot fluffier. Um, you know, it's ideal for cats for a start. I mean, Twitter, Twitter used to be quite good for cats and it's still quite good for sort of animal antics, but it, it, it the, the juxtaposition with everything else just makes it that more incongruous, I suppose. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so what is your biggest... What's your sort of, well, I mean, this is a two-part question really, but what, what's your sort of biggest Twitter sort of um, sort of altercation or, or sort of that you can recall? Biggest what? Well, but biggest sort of like, I don't know, sort of our, our biggest discussion that you've had on Twitter that kind of just went on and on. I don't do that. You know, I, I don't, if I really think it needs justification, I will, but I during the pan during like black lives matter like there was a couple of things on facebook because that's where real uh um what's the word uh decorum goes to die <laughs> i can't i i couldn't say you know black lives matter and then have all this garbage under it and not defend it as a white woman because people were saying some horrific stuff and for me to just ignore it or delete it didn't feel like it did justification. So I had some back and forth on Facebook um, mm. early, I would say like March, April, May of 2020 when things were really exploding with Black Lives Matter here. Um, but after about one or two, and I make, I, I'm a very angry person, but when, if we were to get into an altercation either in person or online, I don't curse, I don't attack, I keep it within frame. And if I can't do that, I don't respond. So what happens is somebody doesn't like what I'm doing. They either start attacking me or they say something fucked up and I treat them like a person. And when they start attacking me back, I just, I stop. I go, you know what? This person is already in defense mode, but I make it so that if anybody ever screenshotted anything I said, they can't dismiss the fact that I was kind. I was, I never name called and I just gave facts and thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where I'll go. I'll do a little bit of back and forth because I think when someone's a fan of mine, I have an upper level in the sense that of how they hold me that I could maybe get through to them. And I had a friend, my neighbor um, at the time I've moved, but my neighbor, Dean Edwards, black man, um, there was a guy saying all these all lives matter stuff. And I was just giving context to let him know how dismissive it is that all lives matter isn't the point. Of course, everybody believes all lives matter, but black lives are being attacked. And this movement is called Black Lives Matter. And I broke down the whole thing and I was very kind about it. And I had a little bit of back and forth. And then Dean saw, went to this guy's page, saw 
that he reframed and he put up, he goes, you know, somebody explained to me mm. what Black Lives Matter means and I think, and I got it wrong. And Dean was the one that texted me. He goes, look, you know, you might've felt like you wasted your time going back and forth with some of these people, but you got through to one guy and I wanted to say thank you. And so that's where like, again, I'll do my best to be calm. I'm not a calm person. I will never attack because I don't think that's the right thing to do. I'll call up my friends and be like this motherfucker, da, 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 da. But I make a point because you can screenshot everything and I'm a public figure. I do not let anybody screenshot me losing my cool. Mm -hmm. And I also think that's how you should debate people without name calling. And then if it gets to name calling, they're calling me names. I don't need to be a part of that. And I walk away from it. But that was one of the first examples of me actually diving into going back and forth with people where it actually had an impact. And I would not have known if my friend Dean didn't follow this guy's page and see that he changed um, the way he talked. Yeah, that was a, a lucky discovery. I mean, it must take quite a lot of... Um... Uh, discipline, self-discipline, really, as a sort of self-confessed angry person, um, and you know, I'm pretty grumpy myself. Um, it, it's <laughs> it's quite hard to sort of not get triggered by social media, but I guess you kind of get used to it. And and if you apply the same rules as you say to debate as as responding on social media, you can sort of skirt but around it. I'm also that person in real life. Like you know, I I have four siblings. And I won't, I won't attack them. I, I think I've called my sister the C word twice in my life. And it took a lot to get there for the wow, most part. Okay. She'll piss me off and I'll be like, Emily, walk away, walk away. <laughs> but I will, you know what I mean? And I'll let her know that it's not okay what's happening right now. But in general, like even with ex-boyfriends and all that stuff, I make a point that if I'm going to say something that can never be taken back, the same way I feel like a screenshot is forever there. You tell a loved one something that they'll always remember. You can't take that back. So I've always been pretty good at going, I'm triggered right now. Mm. I'm not going to be the best version of myself. Walk away yeah. and deal with it later. And I think if you apply that to the people you love the most, it's not that much of a shift to apply it to people you'll never see again. And I think it's good practice. I don't tell this, I don't tell, you know, balls 4244 <laughs> to fuck off. Maybe I won't tell my sister to fuck off. It's, you know. Yeah. It's interesting because there's a system, I think, where you can actually, it sort of mimics the system of football, soccer, where you have a red card and a yellow card. And it's essentially, it's giving that sort of warning. So maybe there should be a selection of tweets that you can pin, depending on what mood you're in, uh, exactly. walk away now. Um, yeah. what, have you got a favorite tweet of, of yours, either one that did sort of particularly well or just one that, that you sort of sticks out? Oh, crap. I wish I, I there was a few, but it, they're like so old. I mean... There's, it depends on how quickly the good ones go on Instagram because I have a bigger uh, following on Instagram okay. than I do on, um, uh, on Twitter, yeah. crap. There was a brunch one that was like really good. <laughs> that seems um, to ring a bell actually. <laughs> yeah. That was probably the best one I ever had. It's not got, you obviously not printed out and framed it. Um, no, I didn't. I haven't framed any of my tweets, but I do somehow. Oh, crap. Hold on. I'm going to give you. Oh, this one. No, it's not a good readable one. Give me two seconds. Uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I'll just. Uh, hello, Martin. Martin's one of our regular viewers. Uh, 
he liked your Stevie. Well, he enjoyed the Stevie Nicks story. Nixed by Nicks is the his Martin's hashtag like on that it. one. Uh, cat pics always help. Hello, Pasta. Of course, pa- Pasta's your cat, isn't it? Yeah, Pasta. She's, oh. she's on a lot of drugs right now herself because um, she had to drive five hours to get here. So she is chilling <sighs> in my room, peeing on a towel, actually. Oh, but I tell you, there is there's, there's something very relaxing about that, isn't it? Good for her, really. Yeah, good for her. Totally. Nice warm towel. Uh, so what I'll do while you're looking for that as well, I'll line up your selected tweets because they, they are... There's going to be a, a lot to talk about. Just let me think where we will start. Yeah, let's start with the big one, I think. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, here we here's go. My, here's my brunch one. I feel like brunch is the church of the millennial. It's something you get out. It's something to get you out of the house on a Sunday and it costs 10% of your income. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I'm going to find the out. Uh, we'll I'll chuck that one out on the timeline later as well. Oh, who, who knows where that one is? Yeah somewhere oh, i'm sure i can find that in uh, some kind of uh, search engine hopefully so let's dig in you've you've chosen five tweets for us tonight and and all of them have sort of pretty open-ended um, subjects to them as well really um so let's start with this one uh, from mohammed safa um human rights and environmental activist um and he has t- tweeted in fact actually liz you read it out Oh. oh, I'm a terrible reader, but I'll oh, read it. What, yeah. what I do want to say about Muhammad, he's a wonderful person. I love every single tweet, but also he has incredible eyebrows. And I think that needs to be equally as yeah. this, this picture, you got to go to his Instagram. It's not doing justice. It's <sighs> a beautiful man with a great heart. Can't believe you're making me go to Insta. But <laughs> oh yeah, to literally stalk how hot this man is. Um, but oh, look at those eyebrows. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful man yeah i think he'll be getting some thumbs up and some likes there he'll probably be getting a few more followers now as and, then, and then you follow his tweets and you're just like oh my god stunning and smart let's do this muhammad um okay if you are not a scientist and you disagree with scientists about science it's actually not a, a disagreement you're just wrong science is not truth science is finding the truth when science changes its opinions, it didn't lie to you, it learned more. It was just so well said because the truth of the matter, I'm getting so frustrated with people. You know, we have Fauci, I don't know who yep. your person is in, in, in England, but like Fauci will go, this is what we know, this is what we suggest. And then they learn more and they go, actually, we think you should do this or you don't have to do this anymore. And people are like, you're, you're, we got whiplash. We don't know what you're saying. And it's like, Man, they're figuring it out in the go. Like, of course, some stuff is going to be wrong and some stuff is going to be not as severe as they thought it would. Like, that's what it is. We were all like wiping down our groceries at one point. And then they said, hey, you don't need to do that anymore. Or they said, hey, two masks might be better than one for X, Y, and Z reasons. Like, it's it just mm. is so frustrating right now where people are like, these people, they don't know. And it's like, yeah, nobody knows. And then they learn and they test and they experiment. Like, did nobody take a fucking science class? Like, it makes me crazy. So I just thought this was so, like, succinct and brilliantly said. It's, uh, yeah, I did like the sign off, you know, when science changes its opinion, it, it didn't lie to you. And, uh, you know, we had, and we had a very good example of that with, with the mask situation, because actually at the beginning, certainly over here, there were lots of virologists who were saying, look, you know, it's not really worth, the mask isn't really worth it. And then obviously the advice has changed and, and it is very, 
uh, it's subject to everyone wearing it and that's really sort of broken down now there obviously there are masks that you can wear that are uh, that will protect you uh, rather you know whereas the the normal cloth masks are supposed to be a mutual protection thing so obviously it doesn't work if the numbers don't work um i think it's true i i kind of understand this and obviously that it, it, this is uh, it's on the side of reason that i'm more comfortable with but i think that one of the problems is that some some well in the eyes of some people some scientists have built themselves up to be um somehow unquestionable or there's been a little bit of there's obviously been a bit of a problem with what's seen as catastrophizing in terms of numbers we've had sort of projections uh in some cases that you know haven't come come out we've had a couple of scandals involving scientists as well who weren't who were obviously not following their own uh guidance which that is a problem obviously when there's a kind of double standards involved uh that's not to, but that's to do with the scientists and not the science so yeah, but also yeah. every every field has a piece of shit. Like Cosby's a monster. Does that mean that I shouldn't be allowed to be around women or be a person? Like, you know what I mean? Like every field has the people that make your field look bad. And that sucks. And especially when you're in a position of power. But here, to me, all he's saying is for the most part, science is trying and learning, and you have to give room to breathe the same way, you know, um, you know, what do they say? Math is facts. Math is always one plus one equals two. That's just how it is. But everything else is you're figuring it out. Like you're learning, you're understanding. There's still stuff about the body that we still don't know. Mm. So, you know, we're, we have all this technology and there's still like, there's certain organs that people are like, yeah, well, you don't really need it. We're not sure why it's there. Like, that's crazy. Like, so yeah, I just- Yeah, no, I see your point, yeah. So it's just, to me, if you're not gonna believe scientists whose whole job is to make these discoveries, why are you wholeheartedly believing somebody that just has a computer in a basement writing a blog? Like, I, I just, like, where is your barometer of truth then? Yeah, right? no, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, you know, absolutely. I mean, I think, I, I think that there's, I, I think the problem is that what that tweet is saying as well as we have to, there's a gestation period that you cannot just say something that is going to be right for all eternity, things will evolve and all the rest of it. But I think that's also maybe a reflection on people's sort of attention span and need for sort of instant gratification and and there's it, such a kind of got got what we call a gotcha we, we have gotcha journalism which as soon as somebody puts a foot wrong you know everyone's sort of all over them and, and that's you know that's obviously what happens on social media it's the pylons of media why wouldn't you go they're going for the air of like they're going for care like so they're going a, a, a past what they think you should do because they're still learning so of course they're going to kind of pull back a little bit you'd rather them be extreme and say hey you need to clorox your groceries mm. and pull back and say you don't need it as opposed to them saying hey do whatever you want and then you have what's happening in florida right now and people are just dying left and right even though we have a vaccine even though we have under more understanding of it than we did a year and a half ago so it's just like you this inability to give people wiggle room as they're dealing with it in real time is insane to me so that's if really somebody was, you Sorry. know what i mean like yeah. you want your surgeon to know what they're doing in the moment right yeah but if not 
let's say something goes so wrong that you've never seen before, you want to, you want them to make some guesses, right? Like you want them to try, or do you want them to just, I've never seen this before. Let's let them bleed out. Like, you know what I mean? Like people learn with things going wrong that, I mean, even our own lives are a depiction of that. You don't know how to do something. Something comes up, you figure it out. They're doing that on a global scale. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, this this particular tweet is, is sort of timeless and, and applicable to a lot of situations, but we're obviously going to see it through the prism of the pandemic inevitably, because that is what has literally brought science into our living rooms to, to some extent yeah. on a daily basis. But you just mentioned Florida, and that's interesting because I don't think I'm aware of that. Florida has been mentioned a lot, including by people over here, because the, the real tension is between the economy and and health. And I know that you know, in the eyes of many people, you shouldn't make sacrifices. Um, you shouldn't sacrifice people's lives for the economy. Um, da, da, da. But there's been a very sort of, um, there's obviously been people saying at the same time, look, if we tank the economy, then people are going to suffer. And actually, they're, ultimately, their health's going to suffer and all the rest of it. So I appreciate there is a pretty difficult balancing act going on. It, but there shouldn't be a difficult balancing act when we have in the U.S. more vaccines than we know what to do with. And half of it is fine. Don't take the vaccine. Fucking wear a mask. Like, mm. that's what's crazy about it is your life is changing this much and people are fighting it like crazy. And of course, everybody has tweets and, and, and examples of this, but we already have rules. If you don't wear a seatbelt, I don't know what it is in the U.K. If you don't wear a seatbelt, you get a ticket. If you walk into a restaurant without shoes and a shirt, you're not allowed in. We have red lights and green lights and, and, and yellow lights, and they all have symbols and you have to follow those symbols. Like there's already things in society that, first of all, you, your kids have to have certain vaccines to go to school. When you go to college, there's more vaccines that you, I had a friend that died of meningitis, which is something you're supposed to get before you go to college. Yeah. Then. If you go to certain countries, there's certain vaccines you have to take. Nothing that's happening right now, regulations. You know, when the when the aircraft is landing, you have to be seated with your seatbelt on. That's literally what you're, you have to do that or there's consequences. So that's all that they're saying with the mask mandate is, hey, to keep everybody safe, wear it. Let's say nobody got the vaccine, just fucking do the bare minimum. But Florida is going around saying, you can't make me. And you're like, that's fine, but you're killing everybody. So is the has the death rate gone up in Florida then? The COVID in Florida is mm. as bad as it was, if not worse than it was in New York City during 2020, and we were an epicenter. And but has the death has there been a kind of hospitalization and death rate increase to go with that? In in unvaccinated people, yes. Yeah. So they so basically, if you're in Texas, Florida. I think Alabama and Mississippi, if you broke your leg right now or got in a car accident, there is nowhere for you to go. All the, all the hospitals, there's no beds. And they're saying that for pediatric as well. So for children. Right. Okay. That's pretty dire. Well, it's interesting that we, we've mentioned Florida because uh, that, I think I'm going to go straight to your tweet, uh, which is actually about people leaving to go to Florida. Um, let me just unfree. I found a neat way of unfreezing you. I do not know why uh, it's quite doing what it's doing. Let's go back to go. Here we go. Uh, so, um, yes, yeah, strategy insider. This, um, if you, yeah, if you just want to uh, read that out and we'll get into it. Uh, New York City lost a net um, 
lost a net 200,000 people, mostly from higher income neighborhoods. If those New Yorkers didn't move upstate, they may have gone to Florida, which is now uh, home to 64,000 more big apple transplants. I found this so funny. So we did lose a crap ton of people in New York City. I knew it was the rich people because what you have to understand is it's so expensive in New York and you're not, you're not buying space. You know, even rich people don't have the same amount. They don't have this big house. They probably might have a big condo. So you, what you trade in space, you make up for in culture, museums, you know, restaurants, uh, Broadway, being around other rich people, whatever. But when you don't have that, you're just in a shitty city. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, it's so funny. They're like the homeless. There's so many homeless now. There's the same amount of homeless. Maybe there's a little bit of more homeless. It's just now you're not at work and there's nothing balancing out this, uh, what is a very dirty, very unorganized city. And I love my city, but mm. it has its problems. So a bunch of rich people either went upstate or they went to Florida And I found it so funny because, you know, 2020, New York City is fucked and everybody goes to Florida where they can be outside. It's not as bad. And now all those rich New Yorkers are in the epicenter a year and a half later. And but but able to play golf, I suppose, but able to play golf. (laughs) Whatever. I feel like we didn't like, I know that their money helps our New York, New York city economy, but I kind of was like, stay there. Like there's a part of me that's like, don't come back. Like, but I mean, I I mean, you think that, I mean, well, I mean, they took the risk to move and maybe, maybe they had families. Maybe that, maybe that was something that kind of makes it easier to stay there. But if you've moved out of somewhere, you know, the temptation to come, the pull of coming back to a capital city is usually quite strong. I wonder how many people will come back. Having said that, we've had, so obviously I live in, well, I live in London, so I totally get everything you just said about New York. I could uh, more or less apply to London. Uh, But we have seen people working from home and therefore not commuting, uh, well, because they're saving money. So, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to come back to the city necessarily full time, even if they come back to the office, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they may not come back the whole week so we're not we're it's feeling pretty normal it does feel pretty normal out there but I mean I don't think it is exactly you know where it should be I'm interested to see how voting changes because they we lost a lot of people from LA and New York to Texas to like Austin like some of like right. the cities or whatever yeah. and then between we had the power outage in um um in the winter and people didn't have heat for three days and it was horrific. And then, you know, COVID spiking and all that stuff. And I'm interested to see the influences that happen on those States voting wise, Mm. when you have people that go from being in a city to being in kind of Florida, which is just a very different pace, a very different situation. And also seeing how both Texas and Florida have dealt with this. I mean, Ron DeSantis, is getting so much pushback because he's ignoring the problem worse than even Trump was ignoring it. Is that the governor in Florida? Yeah. 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 And you have to understand people want their freedoms, but also this is undeniably bad. Mm. And 
people are really facing something where they're just like, okay, this before it was like, whatever's happening in New York or on the East coast isn't our problem. Now it's on their doorstep and people are like, Oh, Oh, now I see it. Now I understand what's happening. Well, I mean, do you feel different? You know, do you feel different in New York at all? I mean, do you feel, does it feel different to you? Do you feel like you haven't quite got back to normal? I'm going to answer that question in a second. Also, yeah. it just makes me laugh really hard that the people that escaped, the people that left and they like, cause I was very much like, I flew from London cause I was in the middle of a tour back to New York city. And I was like, don't, don't have a pandemic without me. Like I literally went into the epicenter. I flew into the epicenter to be there. So these people left, not real New Yorkers, they left and now they've had two epicenters. They were both in New York city. So really it's rich people that are the problem and that everybody knows that. Um, during the like the epicenter like when the pandemic was like really bad it was so weird new york city felt like a small town mm. like things that always had a line or a weight didn't have a weight anymore and i was like this is so creepy i love this and i hate it it's so and you know we need a crowd to do stand up but it didn't matter at that point um things are 70% normal in the sense that like crowds are pretty decent. It's vax only. You have to prove that you're vaccinated. There are still people wearing masks in the crowd. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. um, I know the green rooms vax only because we have to prove to the bookers that we're vaccinated. So I feel wow. comfortable in the green okay. room without a vax. All the staff are vax. Like I feel really safe in New York city that um, uh, we have a high vaccination rate and everywhere I work is vax only. So I don't wear a mask as much as I used to, except for like the subway and going into stores and then um, going to restaurants and stuff. Again, there's this extra proof, you know, you got to show your ID and your vax card, but there's more outdoor seating. We're very European now, which is kind of cool. Every <laughs> single restaurant has outdoor seating and it's kind of fun I mean, it's going to be cool because it's also de Blasio is like it's indefinite. So it's going to be around for a long time or at least probably a couple of years. And there's something about something cool coming out of something really sad and scary. The other side of it is, you know, work is gets canceled. I had a corporate gig that was going to like pay my rent. And because of COVID, it got canceled. And I'm, I'm like, shit, like yeah. a week before. And I'm like, oh, God. Um, so a lot of stuff is getting canceled. I am scared to go to Florida. I also feel mixed emotions because it was easy for me to cancel stuff for the safety of myself and other people when I was on unemployment, but that ends next week and there's no, there's no safety net anymore. So I'm going to Texas, which seems dangerous for me and for others. I'm hoping only vax people come, but I don't know. Mm. And then I feel some guilt. Like maybe I shouldn't be going there. I'm a part of the problem, but I don't have. Are, are Texas as stringent with the, the vaccine rule as, as they are in New York? No, no not okay, even I close. So. I mean, we, we, we're not, we're doing it here for clubs, for nightclubs, but we're not doing it for comedy clubs uh, necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're sort of step behind you, uh, you know, to some extent. Let's, um, Right, let's let's have a look. Oh, I did like that one. That's obviously we're sticking to a theme of sort of COVID vaccination. In fact, perfect segue here from uh, Julianne Simmets. This just made me laugh so hard. As a woman who recently turned 40, I have a lot in common with the Pfizer vaccine. No longer seeking anyone's approval. Well said. Well said. Uh, it just it just made me laugh. I think there's something I guess I'm 36. Um, 
And I've I really, I didn't think you were 40. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm not 40 yet, but I'm, I'm getting close, but I think as a woman in her thirties, I feel so much more comfortable with myself. I feel like I'm setting boundaries. I feel like I'm saying no more often, but it is kind of funny that I am, I'm kind of where she is and the Pfizer vaccine where I'm like, no, I don't care. Just like the story I said about blocking all the people that were upset about my tweet. I don't care. I'm blocking you because I don't need you in my life. I don't need your approval. I don't need to justify my jokes. You don't like me. I don't like you. So I'm walking away. You should have done the same thing. It doesn't, you don't matter. And I'm hurting no one. And I know that. So let's just walk away. And I feel that way with comedy. I feel that way with dating. I feel that way with friendship. I feel that way with, you know, um, what I do, um, as, as a person, like I'm, I know I'm a good person. I know when I make a mistake and I need to do better. And I know when something is, um, either misinterpreted, but like, there's, there's this place where I used to just always worry how people were seeing me and if I did the right thing and if people care. And now I'm just like, do the best you can make adjustments where you need to make adjustments, but you can't sit around and wait for people to, to accept you. Like you're not 20 anymore. I mean, that's really liberating, but as a comedian, do you, is that something that you think that that makes it more quick to get to that point? Because you kind of, at some point have to kind of just think I'm walking out here. I want to give you guys a good time, but you know, I'm not going to get hung up if you don't, I don't know. Well, in the beginning, you need some approval both because mm. that the laughter lets you know you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. But then also you need it to go well so that you can get booked at clubs, get further in your career, make money, get an agent. Like there's all these things that are contingent on approval as opposed to now when I bomb, sometimes it is my fault and I have to make adjustments, but a lot of times it's not. And I just have to be like, whatever, bad show, bad people, bad crowd, not my problem. You know what I mean? I came here because I want to entertain you. But if you don't want to be entertained because I'm a woman, because I look the way I look, because you don't like my jokes, that's on you, buddy. Like, I I, I brought what I was supposed to bring and you decided you didn't want it. And that's on you. That's like you ordered fries and then you decided, I don't like fries. I'm sorry, you don't know what your stomach wants, but that's not my problem. It's, uh, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I mean, I think it's quite, as I say, it's quite liberating to get to that. To that point, I must admit, um, and that's uh, that's one of the greater things about aging. <laughs> My favorite part. I mean, I don't like. I think we we too we put too much pressure on youth, clearly appearance wise. Mm. But even take out appearance, you guess there's some great young people with great ideas and and whatever. But like, I've always been frustrated with, especially in comedy, where newer acts, newer people are given way more um, TV time, uh, notice, noticeability, all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. when you're just like, this is about experience though. I'm a better comic, a better writer. I've had more life experiences. I know my voice. There's so many things about me as a comic today, 19 years in, that doesn't even get come close to who I was six years in when I was doing TV stuff and more stuff was kind of going on. I like myself as a person better. I like myself as a writer better. I like myself as a performer better. And maybe I'm not the new hip comic, but I don't care anymore. I would never want to go back to where I was six years ago unless I had what I have right now. Yeah, that's a very e eloquent uh, defensive experience. And, and so it should be really, yeah. 
So what's uh, what have we got here? Oh right, okay. Hmm, um, this this one kind of follows. It's kind of follows nice quite nicely uh, from from Ivy. <laughs> um, half of adulting is basically uh, you trying not to cry. I have a joke actually. I think from um, the Edinburgh uh, uh, festival set I did about um, I only cry on the subway. Like yeah. I have, I basically have. Um, a joke. Um, I, I basically say it doesn't because it kind of doesn't it look like everybody just got broke up with on the subway. Like <laughs> isn't this just like a caravan of sadness. It's like, oh, you need a dollar. I need an explanation and a hug. I've always I'm a crier. I'm slightly better now that I'm off birth control, but I just that's how I express myself. And I used to be embarrassed. I'm still a tiny bit embarrassed, but it's so like to me this like this is why that this tweet exploded. It speaks to me on every level. I feel like I could cry at the hardware store. I could cry when I'm ordering a drink. I could cry when somebody gives me a compliment. I could cry. <laughs> like I just, it's, it is, it's taken a lot of therapy for me to just be like, maybe just smile or maybe excuse yourself, like to have other options other than crying. I'm a crier. There's a patch that I wanted to buy that says I cry a lot. And this is, and this has been the case all the way through. We're not just talking about, I don't know, post-Trump. No, I mean, so some of it's childhood trauma. That's some of it. Um, I, I, I've always cried a lot, but even off birth control, which yeah. you know messes up your hormones, and then with therapy, which helped with childhood trauma, I'm, I'm still, I'm not as bad as I used to be, but I'm still, it's still. I'm always just right there. I'm crying is always just kind of sitting on my shoulders. But it, and and that's just as a really. I mean, that's obviously in reaction to something sad, but also as a release to something that is actually unexpectedly pleasant or whatever it might be. Or yeah, I'm very emotional. Yeah. I'm just an emotional person. And I used to. My sensitivity is also the reason I notice things and I'm observant and I can, you know, I can notice when a friend seems slightly off and pull something out of them to know that they're not okay and they need help or whatever. So there's, there, my sensitivity has also made me a good friend and a good comedian and, and just somebody that sees parts of life that other people wouldn't see. But also it makes me the person, the first person to cry and often crying on the subway. <laughs> oh yeah. No, of course, you were the cast of your own joke there, definitely. Um, so speaking of jokes, uh, it's a pretty, um, pretty brave one in some ways, but also extremely effective. Uh, Anthony DeVito, uh, I don't know, but uh, oh, Henry, I don't know oh he's a good friend there. of mine. He's a brilliant comedian in New York. And this was so, you know, when something's so perfectly worded that you're like, damn. Like I read yeah. it, I was yeah. like, damn. And then I read it again. <laughs> it is he hit it okay so weird we can't get half the country to take the vaccine we're usually so good at mass shootings that is, is yeah. a perfectly written tweet joke idea so mm. it's just good mm, it is it is it is fantastic so neat and and it's also it takes something that's quite it's obviously uh, it's controversial and it's upsetting and all the rest of it. And you have to be quite careful about how you, you joke about it. But it's it's there to to um, for a message, which is, you know, obviously also quite important. Uh, it, yeah, it's a sort of impeccable piece, isn't it, really? Um, it just, to me, that's art. Like, mm. just a slow clap. Like, what? 
thank you. And he's a great writer. I mean, this doesn't surprise me at all. He's just a brilliant writer, but it's also like, it makes a valid point, which is like, what do you mean we can't get vaccinated? This is crazy, but also, of course, it's, of course we're, we can't even, we've had so many mass shootings and we are a mockery in the entire world. And everything we do is just sad. Mm. Like, come on. Yeah. The same way that we should have, everybody should be vaccinated right now is the same way that we should not have had any mass shootings in the last 15 years, yet we can't get anything done in our country. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed that's, um, I don't know how far up the agenda that's going to be um, for Biden, but there's only so far that anyone's been able to sort of go with that. And, um, you know, it's tragic, really. I mean, obviously, we've had a lot of, um, I'll try not to totally end on this, but we've had um, quite a lot of, you know, in terms of news, from my perspective, it's been sort of years and years of Brexit, uh, Brexit Trump, and then there's been the pandemic, da 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 da. Uh, and then, of course, the, the big, you know, the big news of the last month now really has been, uh, you know, Afghanistan. And, not, and and you may well be aware that Biden, I'm sh- well, I know Biden's getting stick in, in the US of years, but he's also getting stick from from various journalists here. Um, it, it, how, what's what's your take on so. it? This is the thing. And rightly so. Right. But why can't we why can't we I just never understood how anybody like. Okay, look at yourself as a person. You might be a great friend, but a horrible husband. And you might be a great husband, but a horrible provider or business person. And you might be a great business person, but a horrible father. Whatever it is, you know, yes, you would like somebody to be all-encompassing good, but there's some places where people are good. and So he did a great job with the vaccine rollout. He's doing better than what definitely had happened under Trump. And he was inherited a shit show. And so, yes, there's, he's made missteps with Afghanistan, huge, big cash, you know, catastrophic, Mm. but you can't completely be like, well, fuck this guy when, you know what I mean? Like, I, first of all, I can't even imagine everything he has to do to do the cleanup of the last four years, but also I'm not saying to ignore this and this is upsetting, but like, I just don't understand how people are like, like just when you're just like, he's dealing with 17 catastrophes at once. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mopping up to do. I mean, you know, we could, I mean, we could spend the whole he, show. He's not the only one making a decision. So it wasn't just his fuck up. It was his entire team's fuck up. So really let's look at them and be like, how did everybody yeah. miss this? How did <laughs> everybody do this? Leaving all the military equipment there was, uh, was obviously one of the, the biggest uh yeah kind of doo-doos oh as it were but anyway listen we could we could we could sort of get to i was just wondering um sort of uh did you have you seen the do you wear about the nirvana story have you seen the the baby yeah is doing them for ex- exploitation like it's sort of almost on a sort of pornography level as well because the the private parts were sort of exposed but this guy so I've chosen this tweet from a, an account called Bad Spit. Uh, the guy who's who was the baby on Nirvana's Nevermind album cover certainly worked overtime through the years to remind us he was the baby on the Nevermind album cover. So there's all these photos of him doing these sort of um, kind of press stunts as through the ages of him being on the cover. So he's really made, you know, he really did make a name for uh, for himself from this. But there are some... I mean, yeah, you can retrospectively go back 
and say mm, that was probably not the greatest decision. Apparently, the parents didn't. I mean, obviously gave some kind of consent. I don't know how vague that is. That's obviously going to come out in court. I don't think there was an awful lot of money changing hands at the time. I think it was quite a sort of nominal sum. So I guess you know this this is a way he's picked a time. His advice is certainly is has picked a time where we're going to be much more sort of. Uh, sensitive towards this kind of uh, argument, I suppose. Well, uh, we, I don't know. He's, he's obviously being advised that it's legitimate for him to bring this argument and, and he may be onto a winner, as it were. That's crazy to me. Also, somebody made a point. It's not my point, but somebody made a point that's like, you don't sue them, you sue your mother. Your mother approved of that. Your mother yeah. said that was okay. Like, you know, like... <laughs> It's a little bit like that's bad parenting. That's not, I don't know. Like I just, one, your body doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You and know? it's not recognizably you anymore. You know, yeah, no, he's the one like this tweet says that's been reminding people yeah. that that's him. I mean, the thing is as well, that I think someone's made the point that having a hang up like this or having a focus on this, obviously it was, you know seminal album cover and all the rest of it but having a focus on this particular event in your life and revisiting it all the time is going to stop you moving on and doing something that is you uh, or yeah. you know it, it, that you generate so it's but I, I suppose if you if if you want the kind of um you know points points for basically getting a lot of mileage over, over one event is essentially I suppose the most charitable thing I could say but yeah what's funny is he, I think he's emotionally stunted in suspension, just like this picture. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's just, this is, this was his five, you know, 15 minutes of fame. And it's when he was a baby and it's because it's this famous album cover by this famous band in this provocative way. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strange one. I have to say in a week of pretty strange news. And also just a, a very British story um i'm sure uh well actually gosh no i can't obviously i can't um i can't go through this week without mentioning charlie watts as well um obviously uh and the british comedian mark thomas uh i love this tweet the thing i loved about charlie watts apart from the eloquence and inconspicuous perfection of his drumming was that he held the stone sound together whilst looking like he was wondering what was for tea and he absolutely did. He had such of that sort of mildly distracted air about him, uh, very in control, but also um, just somehow, some, somewhere, somehow, somewhere else. And then Joan Armour Tradings tweeted, uh, well, Mark Nelson, the comic, something similar as well. Basically, um, Jones one. why am I crying? Because Charlie Watts has died. Who knew that any of the Rolling Stones musicians would ever leave this earth? Which I think is uh, a lot of people for a lot of generations that resonates. And Scottish comedian Mark Nelson, uh, rather piffily as ever, uh, Christ, when the Rolling Stones start dying, you realise we're all buggered, RIP Charlie Watts. And it's almost like a kind of fire, a firewall almost, I think. Well, what I, first of all, about him always kind of seeming like he's thinking about something else. I mean, that's like all artists. I don't feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like all... Fine like when you're a creative person you're never really focused on what you're doing you're always just somewhere else and I I mean 
I think now there's all these books and podcasts and talked about what it's like to be an artist and how do you create <laughs> da, 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 da. and it can be pulled apart in any which way, but, but this is going to be a very weird example, but they say a lot of, um, drunk drivers when they get in car accidents always survive because they're all like loosey goosey. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, and that's mm -hmm. what you could, but if you're stiff, you know what I mean? You, things break yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And there's something about an artist where it's, we're always a little drunk and we're always surviving. Isn't that a weird kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like they're fucking old as shit. They did all the drugs. They're, they, who knows? But like, they've always just been kind They're in their own, you know, they're not stressing about stuff. If they are, they're taking drugs to not stress. They just kind of did their own thing. And it feels like artists are these drunk drivers that like, everybody's like, don't live like that. But they're always the ones that are like, making cool stuff and surviving that's probably one of the weirdest analogies i've ever given but i stand by it <laughs> so no it's interesting though it's a good it's a good sort of identification of the tribe of, of the artist um that's brilliant well so I, i'm just gonna uh, an honorable mention to uh british comedian callie beaton if callie if i can find your tweet uh we've got a, a cabinet minister uh over here called michael gove who was quite instrumental in um the brexit uh well yeah very instrumental in the vote leave campaign and he um, he's recently split up with his wife, who was a journalist, who is journalist. And Callie Beaton uh, tweeted, uh, Michael Gove just tried to match with me on a dating app. What a time to be alive. So I thought I was a bit of shock. Uh, and actually, I've, and there's a story today, uh, Michael Gove basically going raving in Aberdeen. Uh, people may well have seen the, the footage of that. Um, but that's brilliant. We've, we've kind of literally come into land dead on time, which is fantastic. So I wanted to get all your tweets in. Um, so um, I'll just sort of uh, I'll just sort of wrap up and we can wave goodbye to our uh, our streamers. Um, if you want to follow Liz on Twitter, it's uh, as Liz, at Liz Mealy, which it is also on Insta, isn't it, Liz? I think. Yeah, it's the same everything's thing. At Liz uh, everything's at Liz Mealy, which is brilliant. Uh, what is what's your next kind of gigs appearances tours what where can people get your content next um so i have two out of three of my free hours free on um youtube so my special uh, self-help me is free on youtube and then my first hour ever emotionally exhausting is also free then the hour i did when i was in edinburgh uh edinburgh sorry with you guys <laughs> Um, I, get, I've got, I got yelled at for months and throw it away. I haven't said that in years. Edinburgh. Um, that one, uh, you can pay for a stream called mind over melee, but, um, honestly I'm touring in the U S I was, I was in the middle of a European tour when all this stuff happened a year and a half ago and I haven't been able to reschedule. So I was, I got to Paris and London, but I had to cancel like Germany and, 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 uh, wherever Switzerland or wherever else I was supposed to go, Sweden. So, um, Europe, I have no idea when I'll be back, but, um, uh, us, I'm doing some tour stuff and then hopefully I have a new hour since my special and hopefully I'll be able to make that into a special soon. Oh, brilliant. That is, a, that's a full play. That's excellent. Well, I've got to say that, uh, first off talking into the severed limb of, uh, R2D2 has worked a treat because the audio has been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm very relieved to say that you were visible and moving 85% of the time. It was getting a little bit hot under the collar earlier. Uh, yeah. I will have to find out. I don't quite know what is going on there. But anyway, I found a little hack, I guess. Um, and also, uh, um, 
please, if you've enjoyed this, that's great. Please do follow us on Twitter. If you follow us on YouTube, you can see all previous shows and clips as well. We'll be uh, uploading this show. Uh, well, I'll be doing I'll be doing the descriptions properly later, and it'll be available to view afterwards. Uh, we'll also be doing a podcast of it, and I'll be doing clips uh, just as soon as I can. Um, I say, Liz, it's been amazing that you put so much passion into this, given that you have just moved house. I don't yeah. know how you did that, but thank you. Yeah. So. No, thanks. So, yeah, thanks so much. Um, and um, yeah, and guys, thanks for watching. So we'll just wave goodbye to our streamers. Um, please come again next week when we'll have um, Merrill O'Rourke with us. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website www.letskilltwitter.com you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.